You're listening to episode 32 of the Money Owners Podcast with me, Morgan Rochard. Money Owners is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. There's no investment advice here, so that's not what you're going to get. And check out the website, moneyowners.com, if you'd like more information on everything we're doing. All right, what's happening? My fellow money owners, it has been a long time. I'm actually kind of embarrassed. Every um, every night, I kept turning to my husband being like, uh, I really got to record a money owners podcast and release one. It's been like, it's been two weeks. It's been three weeks. It's been four weeks. Yeah, it's been a whole month. I have, um, The last one I recorded was right before the new year. And now we're looking at almost February here. So my apologies, but give me a little slack here. Um, <laughs> between the last time this show came out and today, um, we moved states. We moved across the country. Um, we also have my mother-in-law had an accident, unfortunately, that we um, and she's recovering from that, thankfully. And my son was sick as usual because <laughs> we put him in a daycare program. And uh, of course, his first night um, he was on he went on a Tuesday, and Wednesday night he like barfed into my clothing. So um, that was fun. And <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, we were unpacking and or organizing and having a contractor come in to look at stuff. So it's been an extremely hectic month. Um, so if you'll forgive me there, um, I promise though, going forward, I will be better about putting these out. Um, and I was thinking, I'm actually back in New York, um, for a trip, uh, for a short trip to see some clients and do some speaking engagements. And I was preparing for, um, my speaking engagement, one of my first one tomorrow morning. And I was really thinking like, wow, like everything that I'm preparing for this talk tomorrow would be perfect in a money owner's episode. So, um, and the best part is like, um, nobody who really listens to this show is actually going to be at this event tomorrow. So I don't think it'll really be a repeat. Maybe after I do the event, some people who were there will go and listen to this podcast and they'll be like, "Ugh, I already heard this. What's wrong with this woman? Um, <laughs> but in lieu of that, hopefully this is, some um, a good refresher plus some good new information. Um, but yeah, so I'm speaking to some real estate professionals tomorrow about why financial planning is, is something that would be really appropriate for them. Um, given where they are in their career and they're a specific group of real estate professionals who happen to be particularly successful. And the thing that's interesting about real estate professionals is that they tend to, they tend to just do real estate, right? <laughs> so um, it's kind of like, it's an interesting group of people to be talking to who are you know predominantly business owners or predominantly 1099 style employees who, um, who then take their wealth that they make from that and reinvest it into real estate because that's kind of all they know. Um, and I guess financial planners are kind of, um, we're guilty of this as well. Um, we probably are like overweight stocks <laughs> because that's like all we know. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm a financial planner. So I know that like, if I just like put my money into like, you know, 13,000 companies around the globe, I'll probably get somewhere around like seven to 8% a year. And like, that's good enough for me. Eh, whatever. I don't need to like, you know, deal with anything else. <laughs> I don't need to research anything else. I just, I got it in the bag here, right? Um, it's kind of like that for real estate professionals as well. Um, but that's not really what I wanted to talk about in this particular episode. Um, I really wanted to bring it back to basics. So Money Owners has now been around for about a year and a quarter. And we really haven't done episodes on what's going on in your brain. Um, and that's particularly what I, what I'm going to be talking about tomorrow. Um, and I was thinking of this question and it's kind of an eternal question that I ask my clients over and over and over again. 
Um, and I, and I'm not meant to be a broken record, but the question is, what would it be like to live the life you truly want? What would that be like? What would it be like if you really, truly lived the life that you wanted? And that's really hard for us, right? Because we have so many things in our brains that are going on and on and on over and over again of what we should do, the things that um, we're conditioned to do, the things that are habits. Um, And we don't question them because they're just kind of on, they're like, we're on a loop and we're just constantly doing that loop. And I actually hear a really good analogy about this. Um, Somebody had said to me, it's like, it's like um, back in the day when you had a car that had like the six, the six CDs in it, where you can like, you know, put all six CDs and then you could change CDs, except that like you would put all six CDs into your car. And then, cause it was so annoying to load them, you would never change the CDs. <laughs> so you'd end up listening to like, you know, the first one for a really long time and you'd be like, Oh, fine. The second one. Right. But you never really changed the six or maybe you changed one out of the six, but like they all kind of stayed the same over time. Our brains are kind of like that. Um, and they're like that in all aspects of our life, but particularly around finance, we have all these scripts and things that we've been talking about in previous episodes that they just keep coming back up. And we just keep playing that song over and over and over again, because it's really comfortable. Um, and you know, there's a whole world out there of music, right? We can connect to Spotify now, but I bet if you looked at your Spotify account, it's probably pretty similar to like that six, <laughs> that six CDs that you used to have in your car, right? Because like we're humans and we are creatures of habit. And that's kind of all we know how to do is just keep playing the same tape over and over and over again in our brains. Um, but the thing is that it's not really helping us. Right. And Um, and I think the number one thing also to be thinking about is that like, if knowledge were really the answer, I get this from people a lot. They're like, well, you know, if I I could just Google it and then I'll go and do it. But if knowledge were really the answer, right, we all have knowledge at our fingertips. We all know how to, you know, go Google something or find a book on a subject or really, you know, find out the answers, but we don't do those things. Right. And we don't do those things because we have the same songs playing over and over and over again in our heads and we never think to change them. So the reasons why we have those same songs is because we've got a bunch of crud in our brain (laughs) and the way we perceive the world and the way we interact in the world is just, it's based on just like a set of things that you probably learned as a child. Um, And it's kind of unfortunate that we never really do anything about that Um, over time. Like we just, like we learn these innocent messages and we keep them with us. And that's what we use to guide us throughout our lives. And we never took a step back to just evaluate whether or not that thing that we're, we're using to motivate us to do things is really the thought that we want to keep. Um, and it kind of brings me back to some of the first episodes, really episodes one, two, and three, where we talked about how we have circumstances in our lives. The circumstances are facts. They're the truly the things that are, are, are you know, no adjectives there. It's just the facts, right? And then there's a thought that we have about, those circumstances that causes us to have a feeling. And when we have that feeling, then we take an action based on that feeling. And usually the actions that we take are to make ourselves feel better in the moment of, for whatever that feeling is, especially if we have some sort of negative thought that comes up as a result of a circumstance. Um, but when we take actions based on negative feelings, generally we don't get the results that we want to have. 
Um, and that's kind of what this has always been about. Um, and something that we haven't talked about in a long time because they wanted to touch on really fun financial planning topics. But, um, I think it always comes back to that because if you, and, and why I always keep answering questions as it depends, right? It depends what you want out of your life. It depends what scripts are running through your head. It depends on how you're going to really change the way you think about things to get those results that you want, because whatever you're doing now, isn't working or maybe it is right. Maybe there are certain things in your life that whatever you're doing now, it's working really, really well. Um, and then maybe there are other parts of your life where it's not working as well. Right. And then that's kind of the area where you need to evaluate what is it that I'm thinking that's causing these feelings that are making me take some actions that are not actually causing like the results I want to have in my life. And that's why it comes back to like, what would it really be like to live the life that you want? I want that for you. I want that for me. I want that for everybody. I want you to live the life that you want to have. I really want that. And I know you can do it, but it starts by changing how you think about things. And I think the number one thing to think about when you want to change thoughts is that those thoughts, they're never going to go away. Um, this was actually something I learned fairly recently. And, um, I really took to heart because I had always been thinking throughout time, like, okay, well, I have to change my thoughts. I have to completely release, like erase these thoughts that I have in my head. I need to replace them with the thoughts that I want to have so that I get the results that I'm going to get. And the truth is they don't go away. So you have these convictions, um, and these beliefs that are, you know, they're so hard ingrained and they're probably things that you learned so long ago that they're really hard to change. Um, and in fact, they're so hard to change that they probably will stay with you for your entire life. And the thing to acknowledge there is that that's actually okay. Um, and that it's, it's supposed to be that way. And that was really hard for me to acknowledge because I was like, well, I want to get rid of all that stuff. I don't want to feel like that. I want to feel good. I want to feel these things, not those bad things, right? Um, so I got to replace all these thoughts and I got to put new thoughts in my head. And then when I start really believing those new thoughts, then I won't feel those bad. I won't think those bad thoughts anymore. And I won't feel these bad things anymore. But that's not really how it works. What happens is that you start to insert a new thought, a new belief, a new conviction. Um, and you do, you have new habits that form as a result of those new thoughts, but those old thoughts, they're always there. They're just kind of getting pushed up. They're getting pushed up farther and farther and farther away until yes, there's something that you think of occasionally, but they're not something that's running your life anymore. But the only way to do it is by inserting a new thought and then acting on that over and over and over again to create a new pathway. Um, so you have this pathway basically that starts with your convictions and beliefs, and then you take actions as a result of that. Right. And then you get your, you get your results. Um, and the results are probably also new behaviors form. Um, and that's a great cycle to be in, except that when the cycle doesn't work, right. You, you end up in this corner with like bad results and bad behaviors that you want to change. Um, or maybe you don't even know how to change because it's been so long that you've been doing that. Um, and, and my thought on that is that you need to accept and I have to accept that too, right? Because I'm a human being and I have these things that are going on in my head as well, um, that it will always be there with you. And your old friend or enemy <laughs> will visit you from time to time and will tell you that, Hey, that new stuff that you're putting in your brain, that doesn't feel as comfortable as this old stuff. You've done this old stuff for a long time. Why don't you keep doing this old stuff that's not really getting you the results that you want? Cause it feels so good. Right. Um, and it does, right. There's a reason why you do those things is because in the moment there's that short term you know, release that you get in your brain that makes you feel really good about that thing that you're doing. Um, a great example of this, right. Is like uh, diets are always a good example of this of like, okay, well, you know, I can't eat that, you know, I can't eat all this sugar because it's going to send me into a tailspin or whatever. 
So, you know, you go on your way, your merry way, you cut out sugar for like, you know, three days or whatever. And then the fourth day, your coworker brings in a donut and you're eyeing that donut and you're eyeing it, right? <laughs> and your old friend comes into your, your old friend, that's a thought, or old enemy comes in and says, oh, it'd feel really good to have that donut right now, wouldn't it? And yeah, it would, right? The reason why you go and reach for that donut and you have that donut is because it, you get a really good feeling in the moment, even if it's immediately followed up by that bad feeling of, hey, I wasn't supposed to eat that, right? Um... And maybe that's a terrible example because I'm not a dietitian. I don't know what diet you should be on. I'm a financial planner. Um, <laughs> but I'm just throwing that out there as like as you know a way of thinking about our thoughts. Um, and I want to kind of really hammer the point home on like the difference between like a circumstance versus a thought and a feeling. So um, circumstances, they're facts. And they are not things that you can change and they are not things that have thoughts associated with them. So actually the best example that I've used recently is... Um, Donald Trump is president. Donald Trump is president is a fact. <laughs> um, the not my president thing that people are, you know, running around saying, like, that's a feel, that's basically, that's a thought attached to the fact that Donald Trump is president, right? You can love the guy or you can hate the guy, but you can't dispute the fact that he is currently the president of the United States. Um, impeachment hearings or whatever, you know, aside, he's still currently the president of the United States. And that is a fact. Um, all of the feelings, good or bad, that we have associated with him being in office, right? Those feelings are attached to a thought that we associate with that fact that Donald Trump is president. And the reason why I like to use this example so much is because it's so polarizing to people that it's so obvious. Um, you know, it's so obvious that that like Donald Trump is a fact, but the thing that you're thinking about is the you know the thing that makes you feel bad or good about Donald Trump being in office would be the the thought and then the feeling associated with it, right? And then you take actions as a result of how you feel. So, for instance, if you don't like the fact that Donald Trump is in office and and you feel bad about it, maybe you're like reading all about the impeachment hearings all the time, and you're like, why isn't this guy out of office already? He's been doing crazy things. Whereas, meanwhile, on the opposite side, which I have heard from people, is if they like Donald Trump, right, then they're like, what's wrong with these Democrats doing <laughs> doing all these things, trying to get this guy out of office? It's just a waste of time and money and everything else, and like it's not going to lead anywhere. It's a you know, it's a song we've heard and a song and dance we've heard before, right? So. So you can see where I'm going here, though, right? Where the, it's just a simple fact, but we have so many thoughts, different thoughts on either side that's associated with it. And there's a way for you to change how you feel about the president being in office. Um, whether or not you want to, obviously, is another story. But the reason why I bring that up is because it's similar with your finances, right? If the thought that you're having is like, I don't make enough money, that's just a thought. I don't know. Do you make enough money? <laughs> It's really hard to know, right? Um, I uh, I don't know what your spend your expenses look like. I don't know what your goals look like. I don't know where you live. Um, maybe you do make enough money, but maybe in your head you don't think you do, um, and you have hangups about your finances. All right, right? Like the amount of money that you make. Maybe you make a hundred grand a year. That's the fact. I make a hundred thousand dollars a year. The thought that you're putting onto that is I don't make enough money. And the feeling obviously then would be, you know, worthlessness. I don't feel good about this. I feel sad. Maybe there's some, even some pain, physical pain associated with some of the decisions that you made associated with getting that job that is only paying you a hundred thousand dollars a year that you think is not enough, right? Like we can take this down a totally different rabbit hole. Whereas somebody who maybe got a raise and they're now making a hundred thousand dollars a year would now have a whole different set of thoughts associated with them making a hundred thousand dollars a year. So you can see how, um, there are two sides to every coin. There are many thoughts that you you can have associated with many different 
um, circumstances. But the bottom line is, is that a circumstance is a fact and it's only a fact. And all of the stuff that we put onto that fact, that's just stuff in our head. That's just that crud. That's just the six CDs that we have in that CD changer that we're not changing for whatever reason. Um, and that six CD changer, like hopefully you can change five of them, but you know, they're, <laughs> that one will probably always be with there with you for the rest of your life. That's just kind of the way that it is. Um, unfortunately, and I wish that there were another way around you it for you, but, um, yeah, so those were kind of my, my initial thoughts on some of that stuff. And, um, <laughs> maybe I took this off the rails a little bit. Maybe I won't do so much of that tomorrow in my, in my talks to these poor real estate professionals who don't even know what's going to happen to them. They're like, I just showed up for like, you know, hear a little bit about financial planning and potentially <laughs> where I could park my retirement money. And here's this crazy lady telling me about my thoughts and feelings. Ugh. Um, anyways, <laughs> so, but, um, I was thinking about it a lot too, because I had a client meeting tonight. Um, and, one of the, we, I've been working on, um, the Kinder Institute's, um, registered life planning program. If you want more information about that, go to the Kinder Institute's website. It's fantastic. They have all sorts of resources about it. Um, but Kinder has his three questions and his three questions are, they're pretty well known. Um, if you run in financial planning circles, um, but basically the first question is if you had, you have all the money in the world, you wake up in the morning and you have all the money in the world, you have every, bit of money that you can ever possibly want in your life. Um, what do you do? What changes? Who will you be? Um, and I, um, I went through this informally with clients, um, who I've had for a long time. They've been clients of mine. They're basically family at this point. Um, they've been clients of mine for over four years now. Um, since almost the start of my practice basically. And, um, and it's funny because like the thing that's so amazing about when you ask these three questions, is like you get to see two people who know each other really well. They're married. They've been married. They've been together for a long time, but they learn things about each other that they didn't otherwise know. Um, and I found that really, I just found that really lovely how they were looking at each other and interacting um, as a result of the, the work that we did. And we even did it more informally than like the Kinder Institute recommends just because of how long I've been with them as clients. Um, but, and so I think it would have been even more powerful in a setting where like it was really structured to be those questions to be asked the way that they were asked. But, um, they are, they're like, they're in their point in their life where they're, they're at a crossroads and they need to make a decision about where they want to live and who they want to be in this coming decade. You know, now that they're having a family and settling down and doing all the things that people, millennials really are doing in this day and age. Um, and as the questions unfolded, um, the second question being, you go to the doctor for just a regular exam, and it turns out that your your doctor delivers you some bad news, and you only have five to ten years left to live, and you're not going to feel any pain during this time, um, but you also won't know the moment of your passing, and your financial picture is what it is right now. How do you live your life? Um, and it's and the thing that's really nice about this question is that it deeply constrains down your, your time. So the first question is really about dreaming big, right? But the second question is about really like, okay, like you only have a certain amount of time on this, on this earth, right? The, the rock that we're sitting on only goes around the sun so many times for you. Um, what do you want to do with that time that you have on earth? Um, and the reason why this question is, is particularly good is because it, it, because by shortening the amount of time that you potentially think that you have, um, you now 
like things that were really important to you, you can dig those things up and you can do them. Um, and what's nice about the question is that it gives you space to, to do those things now, instead of waiting for yourself to actually have a terminal illness. Um, uh, and it forces you to just confront some of the things that are really, truly powerful and important to you in your life that you might be otherwise wouldn't have confronted. Um, and certainly wouldn't have confronted in a financial advisor's office. I find that like people come in and they're like, I want security with my money. I want retirement planning. Um, I'd like a little tax advice, right? <laughs> Usually things that people come in with are they, I have young kids. So I need to put away money for college. What do we do? Right. Or I need to buy a house. These are usually things that people come in with, right. But they don't come in generally with like the deepest, most precious, important elements in their lives that they want that that they're holding on to. Um, and really who better to share that with than your financial advisor? I mean, for God's sakes, like nobody wants to talk about money. Like people talk about sex, they'll talk about politics, they'll talk about all sorts of like really quite taboo subjects, I think, um, in front of each other. But when it comes to money, we don't mention numbers. No, no, no. Maybe we'll say we got a raise, but we'll never tell somebody how much it is. Um, but yet when you're working with your financial advisor, your planner, you do all of that stuff. So if you're already crossing into this road of, you know, something that's so taboo and something you don't really share with, with somebody all that often, and it's, it's now a person that you truly trust, um, who better to share these things with, um, and who better than to work with somebody who can help you bring those, those elements, those things that are so precious to you in your life, to the forefront, things that you never, you hadn't thought about in years. Right. And then because we know your financial picture, we can actually help you achieve it. I think that's the thing that's just so powerful and special about, um, everything I've learned about life planning, um, and how it really can help people like really light a fire in their belly to get them moving. Um, and then the third question is you go to the doctor and, he, you go to the same doctor again, he, he gives you really the, just the worst news. And he says, you know, I'm really sorry. We thought you had five to 10 years left to live, but it turns out you have one day. Um, and I'm, I'm really sorry to give you this news. And the question is not about what you would do with that day, right? Like it's not about the bender you would go on or <laughs> the drugs you would, you know, do that you didn't try or like, you know, I don't know, whatever thing it is that you really you should be doing with your life, right? It's about what did you miss? Who did you not get to be? Um, and I think what's really the most powerful thing about this question is that it really brings out exactly what it is that you should be doing with your life. If you really thought about it. Um, and so I really, I encourage you to do these questions on your own, but really if this is like work that you want to take more deeply, I encourage you to do it with a planner because the thing that's really nice about it is, um, it's, it's not about just answering these questions. It's about the planner then walking you through it and reiterating your words back to you so that you can really feel them and live in them and achieve the things that you want to achieve in your life. And I don't know what those things are. I don't know you, right? But you do you know, what's really important to you, but maybe you haven't really been, been in a position to uncover those things, or maybe the things that you think are, you know, peripherally important to you right now, aren't really the things that would come up if you truly answered these three questions. So I hope that you'll be able to take your time, your energy, your money, and your talent, and truly optimize them to have the life that you want to live, because that's what this is all about. And that's what money owners is all about. And that's what really, I think any financial planning setting should be about. Um, I wish it were like that for everybody. It's unfortunately not, 
Um, but maybe we'll live in a world one day where it is. So I'm going to leave you with that. (laughs) It's kind of a heavier episode than I thought it would be. Um, my apologies for taking so long to get it out. Um, I will get back to it every other week schedule. Um, if there are topics that you'd like to hear about, uh, feel free to DM me at Morgan with an E Rochard on Twitter or at money underscore owners. You're also welcome to submit anything, any question you have, or any topic you'd like to hear on the website, moneyowners.com forward slash ask Morgan. And if you like the show, leave a review. Um, I would, I read every single one of them and I really take your words to heart. So I appreciate the support and I'll talk to you all soon.